Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Respected listeners of Marqa Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah And all our listeners, wherever you may be in the world We welcome you to this program, our interview segment um, We haven't heard you in a while I know you used to come a lot on Brother Shafat's programs So I was intending, because I see you put up some nice uh, beneficial statuses Especially with regards to herbalists, how to take remedies the herbal way so maybe, and this is what we can search. What's your advice before we start? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Brother Zahir. Well, subhanAllah, um, uh, uh, Brother Suleiman did contact me in connection with uh, the interview for today. And it was in connection with um, uh, what's trending, what's happening in Rafa, what's happening in uh, Russia. Uh, but subhanAllah, I'm open, uh, as you know, on my status, I focus on everything. I don't only focus on uh, herbal medicine, which I focus on helping uh, people with various ailments, conditions, uh, uh, up to cancer. So alhamdulillah, there is always an alternative and there are solutions. And we're looking at the solutions of what's happening in Palestine as well. Uh, we as Ummah can come together. And that is necessary today more uh, uh, than what it was yesterday. So we make dua, inshallah, that Allah guide us in our understanding and what we need to do in order to achieve those solutions, inshallah. Ameen. Ameen. So let's let's focus on this, inshallah, on Rafa. And there is um, a few discussions which I would like to bring up here too is um, when we're looking at it on holistically, that Rafa, when this terrorist regime, as we know it to be, and we have to be blunt and straightforward, there's absolutely nothing to hide anymore. We are just totally upset, and I think this is leading us into a sort of, I wouldn't say depression because that's not permissible, but a sort of sadness to see that the Arabs, they are engaging in further, further ties with the Jews, and they, in fact, if we go on to the articles and we see that there is this, he is known as Anuaymi, and he's got, if you see his statuses, um, his qualifications, you'll think this is some, you know, a person of, of strength, a person of knowledge, substance. But he says that, don't worry, Israel, you've always had a place in the Middle East. And this is, he's part of the UAE and what they are promoting. So we are seeing this from amongst our Muslims that we don't consider them Muslims in the first place. When you are promoting and you are saying that Judaism and Islam is on one par, on the same page, we are must go in towards this. You ignore our Palestinians who are suffering out there, and you're going on this rampage to promote this, then you are not a Muslim. So that is, we must be clear on these issues too. But now, I just want to bring up this here, where Israel is attacking Rafah. If we go back a little bit, just a few months ago, they said move to the south so that you can be safe and we will not blast you. They move to the south, they get blasted there too. We see South Africa comes in, they lodge the complaint of genocide and the world is now seeing it. And that was an excellent thing which South Africa did. They lodge the complaint and they're saying, oh world, you see, this is genocide, isn't it? So we're seeing this. Now going forward, it seems like they just don't care. But I see and you can, you've got experience in this, Brother Yusuf Mali, that this is their destruction, isn't it? Because their, their careless attitude is turning them into humiliation wherever they walk. And the world is now seeing that these are criminals. 
newspapers have confirmed nothing like that have happened. Mm. So if we go through all their narratives, all their propaganda, this was uh, they used this excuse of um, hostage taking as a method of saying that Hamas was uh, a wild dog. They went on like uh, animals, and for that they must be treated as animals, and for that we will destroy the, uh, the Palestinians as animals because we see them as animals. Subhanallah. This is their mindset. As I said earlier, supremacists. They have this ethnic uh, supremacy with them, and it's not to say it is something new. This is how our World War II started. This is how, uh, if we look at uh, the, the states that were involved, uh, where, we, uh, where we're coming and alluding to, where we talk about Ukraine, and you talk about Poland. These are the ethnocratic states where they feel that they are superior to humanity, where the Nazism has uh, uh, literally put its foothold and became part of the, uh, um, uh, the, the disguise of, uh, 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 how can I say, elitism, the disguise of who is better, who is not, uh, that uh, or, or the blue-eyed, blonde-haired person is uh, superior to the brown, uh, brown-skinned, brown brown-eyed, black-haired person. So immediately you have this kind of uh, mindset, and this is what we see today, and this is what is happening with Russia fighting against uh, Ukraine, which we know that uh, from the beginning, uh, a few and I said, I am going to denazify uh, Ukraine. And now we see nazification in, in Palestine. And what nazification has done, creating concentration camp, which is Gaza, and literally subjugating that, the, the, the population to humility, uh, uh, to unbelievable, uh, unbelievable um, circumstances where starvation, where they're looking at and counting the amount of calories that the Palestinians are allowed to eat. Looking mm-hmm. at the aid that they're receiving, what is allowed, sanitary pads is not allowed. Looking at the odorants is not allowed. And this was prior to the 7th of October. We're talking about for 15 years that they have been um, strategically punished and this the punishment that uh, uh, the Zionists have put upon the Palestinians is so great. There's no other nation that could be, subhanAllah. Mm. Everybody would have been up in arms. There would have been uh, protests and, mass, uh, and uh, uh, revolt. And subhanAllah, look at uh, the discipline and the respect and the love of the Palestinians, subhanAllah. They know Allah first, and Allah will be uh, Allah sufficient for us. And we believe that, subhanAllah. And therefore, we look at these Palestinians and we say, subhanAllah, this is the bloodline of the prophets. All the prophets mm. that we adhere and love and, and, uh, 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 and we exclaim uh, uh, love to, subhanAllah, from Nabi uh, Adam uh, right through to Nabi Isa, subhanAllah, you find that in the bloodline of the Palestinians, subhanAllah. Mm. And now when we look at that and we say, subhanAllah, they have gone through so much. They have gone through so much of turmoil, so much of evil, and yet they still say, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And when they go through the bombardment, they say, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah, would you say that? Would I say that? Now I would have taken, done my utmost, look for a gun, look for something and do something to protect my family. What they say is, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Allah is sufficient to us. Hasbunallah, wa ni'man wakil. Subhanallah, look at that temperament. Look at that devotion. Look at that discipline. Subhanallah, there is nothing like that we have seen 
on social media, anywhere in the world. And that's why the, you have so many people are becoming Muslim because of that temperament, because of mm. that discipline. So subhanAllah. May Allah reward those Palestinians uh, with Jannah, inshallah. We know, Ameen. we confirm, we love, we know, we adhere. Yes, the Ajannatis. Yes, the Shahid. Mm. Yes, we believe that, subhanAllah. And we know that because looking at this smiling face on death, when we see them in the shroud, subhanAllah, we mm. see, they see death and they are smiling when they see death, subhanAllah. Where me and you, we are scared when we think of death, subhanAllah. Mm. They are smiling, subhanAllah. May Allah, may Allah guide us to be similar to them. May Allah grant us to aspire to be like them because they are loved by Allah. May Allah guide us, inshallah. Amen. MashaAllah, great uh, inspiration and this is what it is. We just have to admire the resilience of these Palestinians. As you were speaking, just a few verses have come to mind and I said I have to share it also. If you turn to Surah Al-Baqarah verse 155, normally we say that, you know, when someone, you lose someone, you lose, you lost someone close to you or you lost some material wealth or you lost some you're going through some difficulty, sadness, or something is, has afflicted you. So when you look at this verse, verse 155, Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, So this verse we say often, read it to that person who is going through difficulty, because the end gives you glad tidings, give glad tidings to those who are tolerant, patient. But look at this from the Palestinian issue. Each category, Allah mentions a few categories of difficulties that generally insan faces. If you look at it, hunger, bishay imin al khawfi, that is hunger. We will, means we will definitely, definitely, definitely test you with a bit, just a little bit of hunger, min al khawf. that is, sorry, khawf means fear. Well, Jew, that means hunger. When aqsim min al-amwal, reduction of wealth. Well, anfus, reduction of lives with thamarat and fruits. If you look at it, each category, and Brother Yusuf Mali, you'll acknowledge or you'll testify to this. Every category that I've mentioned, fear is there. Jew, al-Jew, there is hunger, there is there. Loss of wealth, loss of lives and fruit. Their vegetation, all that is down. And that is what they're looking to cripple. So each category they are facing, and it's not a little, it's majorly. And yet they still come out saying, we have Iman. This is something that we have to really admire. And when you look at the Jews, the Jews, I was saying to the students yesterday, the Jews, if you look at them, they're scared of death. Brother Yusuf Mali, I'm not sure if you've been to Palestine. No, no, no. SubhanAllah. My intention was to go this year, inshallah. Inshallah. Allah's fadl, we went once and we saw these, some, you've many of these soldiers that are walking in Masjid al-Aqsa, you'll find they are South Africans. And you say, but this guy sounds like a South African, what's he doing here? But anyway, that can be a topic at another time where all our soldiers, South African soldiers, are still going there. So anyway, they put down some restrictions, but if you read the, the finer details of it, they said we just have to do a proper interview before they can go. That's my understanding of it. Anyway, when you look at these Jews and they are walking around that Masjid al-Aqsa, they're walking around with weapons, major weapons. And you look at them with so much of anger and hatred that you people are the ones killing our children. You are the ones who are massacring, murdering. 
but they cannot look at you in your eyes because they fear death. Now look at Suratul Jumu'ah. Allah Azawajal says, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ هَادُوا O Jews, say, O Jews, إِنْ زَعَمْتُمْ If you feel أَنَّكُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ لِلَّهِ مِنْ دُونِ النَّاسِ That you are the chosen selected ones, like they always feel, superior. That you are the chosen selected ones. Simple. فَتَمَنَّوُ الْمَوْتِ Then wish for death. إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you are truthful. It's like, you know, you tell a child that, look, I want you to do this. And then after you say, I know you will never ever do it. Allah says, You will never ever, they will never ever wish for death. And why? Because of what they have sent forth with their own hands. Brother Yusuf Mali, if you look at this verse, it's just too amazing. Because this Allah has stipulated then. But look how it fits in. These 21-year-olds, every now and then we're reporting, 21 years, 22 years, soldiers, babies who are just used to playing soldier of fortune in these games. That's the most experience that they have. That's why they're failing so much also. So they sit in their compounds. They sit in their protected areas, protected fortresses, and they're playing their games. But this was these are real games killing real babies. So they are doing this with what? They press buttons. Drones, all of this, they are doing it. Very few ground invasion, they are failing hopelessly. But most of these, they are failing. Allah says, because of that blood that you have sent forth with your own hands, you will never ever wish for death. So this is the beauty of the Quran. And one more verse I share with you and the listeners. As you mentioned so beautifully, that these Palestinians, they are on a different level. They want death. And Allah says, do not say about those who are slain in Allah's path that they are deceased. Don't label them deceased. Why? They are alive. They are alive in the qabrs. Brother Yusuf Mali, you following the news, you've seen how many times haven't they uprooted qabristans? How many times have they uprooted where those where deceased people are? And I say, I said this the other day, these Jews, these putrid Jews who are doing these, we don't say all, but these who are involved in this, why do they do this? They do it because they study our hadith, they study our Quranic verses. They understand that there is life even in death with regards to these mujahideen, with regards to these martyrs. So they uproot these and they say, no, we're searching for the tunnels. They don't find tunnels. CNN, BBC have admitted that they didn't find tunnels. It raised more questions than answers when they did this. So anyway, they do all of this. They are alive. And Allah says, don't apply your circular mind, your secular mindset. You will never understand, comprehend this. This goes beyond understanding. And this year is just... It's totally something that is motivational for every believer out there that this is what we should be aspiring for. And Brother Yusuf Mali, you've just really injected us, boosted us with all of this motivation. With other aspects that we wish to discuss with regards to Rafa, one thing I want to discuss also, we've seen that the Brazilian president, uh, his name is Lula. So Mr. Lula, 
the President Lula of Brazil, he has made some brave statements. Isn't it just so sad that here you're getting a non-Muslim and he has said that this is, he compares it to the Holocaust. So this is brilliant. And even Gustavo Petro, who's the Colombian president, he says Lula has only spoken the truth. And there are others who backed him up. But what's happening to our Arabs? They're just digging their own pit of hell. Well, subhanAllah, Brother Zahir, um, we, we clearly dissect this uh, situation when we look at the Middle East. We do know that America is a, um uh, evil, sinister empire, imperialist empire. And their great ideal, which we know that that is the President Joe Biden's great ideal was, to, and what he said was, if there was an Israel in the Middle East, we would have created an Israel in the Middle East so that we can control our and monopolize our gains and what we have. So if we look at that, just that sentiment, and we look at the uh, that each and every uh, country in the Middle East have a um, uh, U.S. military uh, base that has the capability of nuclear weapons. We understand that uh, uh, Israel is also a nuclear power with uh, hundreds of nuclear weapons. And we look at that situation, <clears throat> and we look at the Hannibal Directive. The Hannibal Directive is uh, that we will kill our own so that they aren't captured. And then we look at the Samsonite Directive, which is we will destroy everything if we see defeat. Now we look at that and we think, okay, why are the Arabs quiet? Why are the Arabs sitting back and not doing anything? Mm. Because they know that these evil monsters have this our trigger figure, uh, trigger fingers are happy to do anything yes. and willing to destroy the whole Middle East. Mm. So now we look at the situation and, 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 and uh, other part as well. We're looking: Are these Arabs complicit? Yes, they are. I'm not saying they're not, but at the same time, you have that in their mindset that uh, we will not do anything because if we do, it will be uh, used as a gateway to open up <laughs> further. <coughs> Uh, uh, conflict and further controversy and that we're not going to do. And that was a statement made by the foreign minister of Jordan where he said, we as the uh, uh, Arabs will not engage. We will not engage because mm. what you are doing is wrong and we are firm and we want to take it in a matter, um, uh, in a matter of diplomatic ways and not going the route of uh, uh, taking up arms. <clears throat> because what happened? They've learned from the Six-Day War. They learned from the Independence War. They learned from the 1948 War. When they came in, all guns blazing, you had Israel claiming more land, claiming more mm. land. And this is what Israel does. It wants to do that. It wants to engage because it feels that it uh, is the fourth largest uh, power in the world, a military power in the world. And they feel that if they engage, we will claim more. And this is what they're doing in Gaza now at the moment. They need that land of Gaza because they need to have authority over it so that they can claim and expropriate the gas and the oil that is in the Gaza uh, um, <coughs> embankment. Uh, just like the Leviathan fields, which they've claimed after taking over the rest of Palestine. So looking at this is all strategic. 
They know what they want to do. And the Arabs are seeing this. Hmm. But the Arab want to use the world as a collective to make a difference and not on their own. And this is what I've seen. And this is what I've deduced. And this is what I've understood, what they are trying to do, where they are keeping quiet, which shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. They must do something. Uh, they must be more proactive. And therefore, when we look at the situation where Yemen is involved and Yemen is doing something, and the, uh, the Arab nations are saying nothing. They say, okay, look here, that's Yemen. Oh, they, they reb- they're rebels and there's nothing we can do. But at the same time, they are feeding, they are coming through uh, uh, to, to, to Yemen uh, via strategic weapons, and they are being monitored from Bahrain, being monitored from Saudi Arabia. This is from military bases. We do know that each and every military base in um, a, a given country in the Middle East is regarded as sovereign land. Hmm. It is regarded as American land. That area where the base is, if you try and fly over that area, you will be regarded as you are attacking America. And therefore, the, that area is regarded as American sovereignty. So <clears throat> looking at that and how they're using it well, with the weapons that they have, the, uh, the, the personnel that they have, looking at uh, 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 the capabilities that they have uh, at the military bases and using the military bases as method of monitoring, um, uh, uh, excavating uh, information and intelligence from uh, the various uh, um, groupings around the Middle East and looking how they're using it strategically. Then we look at it and sit back and say, okay, there is something uh, bigger afoot here. They are monitoring. Why are they monitoring? They're monitoring because they know it's a volatile uh, um, cauldron at the moment. Why are they monitoring? They're monitoring because they want to have all the whole region to make uh, to stand up and do something, but the region isn't standing up. So what do we have to do? We have to go more. Let's bomb more. Let's kill more. No, but nothing's happening. We're, we're pushing, we're pushing, nothing's happening. No, but the world is standing up. Our own people are standing up. The Americans are standing up. The universities are standing up. The politicians are standing up around the world because, no, we can't be part of this. This is genocide. Mm. But no, we're pushing. We want the Arabs to do something because we want what they have. We, you see, uh, the, the problem with uh, uh, geopolitics at the moment is that it's all about resources. And we know that um, uh, uh, the Middle East is the number one uh, resource, a natural resource base for all of for the whole world. Uh, We're looking at uh, both with gas and with oil. They rich, extremely rich. And now it's about controlling it and about uh, 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 grabbing it without even having to pay for it. And that's what they've done in Syria. That's what they've done in Iraq. That's what they've done in Libya. That's what they've done in Well, that's what they've done in Algeria. That they're doing in, in, in countries so that they don't have to pay for the, what they are stealing. And uh, uh, where they are stealing is drying up. So they need new lands to steal from. And Gaza is one of them. And looking at uh, Greater Palestine, West Bank, you find also great resources there. These are all what they want to steal. They don't want to pay for it. And mm. this is what the situation is. You have these evil monsters that have an agenda. They want to control and manipulate the world with natural resources, which they have stolen, which they have expropriated without any payment. 
And that's the situation we're sitting with. We see seeing an evil, and that that's why we must stand up against this evil imperial empire. We as the human collective, we as humanity not only as Muslims, mm. as humanity, because this is what the Palestinians are fighting for, our humanity. May Allah guide us and uh, protect us in that direction, inshallah. Brother Yusuf Mali, just a quick question before we leave you. We've just got a minute left, if you can. I know it's not going to do, do justice, but, um, I mean, in terms of time, but perhaps you could just give us an opener with regards to, you've mentioned all of this about the Arab countries and why they wouldn't say a word. Now, this just brings about the question, and that's why I was I was just having a grin on my face in between, because you're thinking of South Africa, who's right here at the bottom, and they're coming there, and last time we spoke exactly on this, on the ICJ case, and you gave us good feedback on it. They're coming in, and they seem to just be fearless of the West. And now I've seen certain um, titles going around where the West wants to punish SA. But they have put, you know, they've put threats upon um, Naledi Pando and her family also. All of this has been in place. So where does South Africa get this courage? Well, subhanAllah, the thing is, uh, we do say uh, Mubarak to our, uh, our South African uh, uh, brothers for the um, uh, stance, uh, for the um, way of saying we're making a difference, we want to make a difference. And I would say the, uh, the stance and this temperament comes from Dr. Naledi Pando. And that's why uh, at that time and until now, I stand up and I applaud when I see her because literally... In every designation and in every official designation that she participated in, she made a difference. And the previous uh, foreign um, uh, ministers, what's in the portfolio, did not get the same kind of justice as what we are receiving today with Dr. Naledi Pando. And looking at how she stood up even in the African Union and when, the, when she heard that there were an Israeli presence at the Union, she said no we must kick them out. They should not be here. So looking at that temperament, she has continued with that. She hasn't, she hasn't, it hasn't swayed her in any way. So using all the might that she has as a minister and the might as a presidency and the AU, uh, African Union and various, she used it strategically and I say commendable. Well done, my sister. May Allah reward you abundantly, subhanAllah, because you are reinforcing our objective and our understanding that we need to have a freedom of the indigenous freedom that is, must be and should be the independence of each and every human being around the world and especially in Palestine. They are indigenous. They belong there. They are from that place. They are more than that. They are the prophet's children. They are more than that. They are our brothers and sisters, our Muslim brothers and sisters. They are more than that. They are the caregivers and the gatekeepers of Majid al-Aqsa. They are more than that. They are our bloodline. That's why when we look at the situation, as you mentioned, why is South Africa doing something? I would say it is our sister that's spearheading this initiative and I reward her and I commend her. May Allah reward her abundantly. I will praise her as much as I can, alhamdulillah. So if we do vote and she is president, I would say my vote is for President Naledi Pando.
for your time and for your um, your comments which really has opened up the minds of many um, request your duas assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh shukran assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh marka sahaba the voice of ahl sunnah wal jamaah